as college students, we're very much aware of the constantly rising costs of college, whether it be tuition, housing, meal plans, etc. In fact, the College Board, which conducted a study called Trends in College Pricing in 2017, found that the price of one semester at a public college like NC State has risen 213% over the past 20 years. That's crazy. Now, I'm not here today to just talk about rising college costs, but one specific aspect. Extra required courses. Let me explain what I mean. In certain majors here at NC State, experiences outside of the normal eight-semester plan are required to graduate. Some notable examples include design students must study abroad and geology field camp. I'll be focusing on the latter for my discussion since I'm a geology major. Another quick note. I'm not trying to trash talk my department or their practices. Just point out some valid and important notes from a student's perspective. First, here's a quick rundown about field camp. It's a one month required course taught in New Mexico over the summer where geology students get hands-on experience in one of the most geologically amazing spots in the world. Sounds cool, right? In theory and practice, field camp makes a lot of sense. Talking about geological calculations doesn't do a student any good without some hands-on experience. And you can talk about famous rock formations and features all day, but as a student, you can't truly understand them until you get out in the field. However, field camp costs about $4,000 for tuition and housing, and NCSU's is one of the cheapest options around. That's $4,000 extra dollars students must come up with, not to mention the cost to get out to New Mexico. That's just not reasonable, not to mention unfair. To quote my friend, required field trips are great until they cost $4,000. Now I know what you're thinking, there must be financial aid or scholarships available to help out with this tremendous cost, and there are. I've heard that the school provides one to the students with the highest GPAs attending camp that summer, but a quick Google search produced no results. Many geological organizations also provide aid and scholarship money. I applied to a few myself, but that still leaves a lot of uncertainty when you're up against students from across the country. A geology degree has 120 required hours, the same as many other degrees at NCSU. However, one of our classes costs as much as half a normal semester. I think that NC State and other organizations involved in creating geological field camps need to reevaluate for today's college student. We're already paying so much per semester, and having to come up with $4,000 out of thin air can be very hard, especially when you have to take time off from work to take the course. I think the school should look into more local options or other ways to take the cost down, but that's just my two cents. This has been Marissa Jordan for Eye on the Triangle. All right, thank you guys for joining us here on WKNC's Eye on the Triangle. This is Andre Corbett here, and today I'm joined by Zach Sowaya, new freshman here at NC State. And today we're going to talk a little bit about his new album, Breakdown, which just came out, I think, a couple weeks ago, is that? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> March 7th. March 7th. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for joining the show, Zach. We really appreciate you being here. Um, I know there's a lot of stuff I want to ask you and a lot of stuff about the musical process as well. So just bear with me. I know there's going to be a lot of questions to get through. <laughs> So, uh, have you always played music, Zach? Um, I've been playing music for a while now. I think I've been playing since I was about 12 years old. I got my first guitar back in, I think, April 2012. And that sounds about right. But um, 
really ever since. I really didn't start like developing my voice until a few years after I started playing the guitar, just because uh, it's one instrument before the other, really to build off of each other. And I think that's kind of where I started. So for most of my life, I mean, back in elementary school, I could play a mean triangle, <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> So just triangle and the guitar, right? Triangle and guitar, man. If you need any uh, triangle services, I'm your man. <laughs> you heard that, guys. You heard that, NC State. You need triangle services, reach out to Zach Sawaya. So let me ask you this as well. Uh, what made you decide that now was finally the time to put out an album? Um, well, these have been sort of songs I've been working on since really the beginning of high school, and I've just been kind of filtering songs in and out for a while. But um, Really, once I started learning guitar, my main goal was, you know what, I really like this idea of like writing songs. So I really started putting that to use and I started really building off of that. And I've been writing songs really since uh, 2013. And that's a majority of the songs on this album. The one song, Treasure Chest, I remember I was in gym class back in <laughs> high school my freshman year. And I was like super bored. And I was just like, I wrote it down. And I was just like, okay, this kind of works. And I went back and played it on guitar. And I was like, this really kind of works. So that was, I remember, the first song that I actually wrote for this album. So it's really cool to think about that. But that's sort of where I have um, came from, really. And w thinking about now, it's just this is finally the time that I finally had to actually release it. And then I've had great help from my um, my great friend, my producer. His name is Adam Noel. You can check him out on SoundCloud as well. He's absolutely, um, absolutely outstanding. Um, he finally... Um, this is the first producer that actually took time to sit down with me and and talk about what I wanted, and we just kind of put it together, and it was it, it was really good. Yeah, that's definitely interesting to hear a little bit more about that whole process, because uh, you don't really think about you might think about somebody just sitting there writing a bunch of songs and then getting a guitar out, but you don't really think about the process of talking to a producer, thinking about a a, a tone for the album, how right. you wanted to be set from there. But you did kind of touch on a little bit of the album writing process. What's your process for writing music? Um, really what it is, is for me, I have to write the music before I write the lyrics at all. Because if you write the lyrics and try to match the music, it's much more difficult than, per se, you write the music and then, um, you know, the lyrics just come out. That's the way I sort of write music, and I'm not sure how many other artists do it for me personally, myself. I first, I figure out the chords and guitar, and then I start kind of freestyling some lyrics and thinking about certain tones and certain, um motifs I want to say for each song and then from that point I am kind of just write down what works and what doesn't and then that's how the song kind of comes together speaking of coming together how'd you come how'd you get how did you create the idea to call the album breakdown where did that stem from well really the album itself derives from a lot of feelings I've had since um like I was telling since I started writing this album back in high school but um really the album is just a mental breakdown right and um, all the songs relate to some form of anxiety, whether that be anxiety about a relationship, anxiety about social isolation or um, social anxiety. It's really just about a mental breakdown. And throughout the whole album, it's just slowly picking apart, you know, moments where your mind can be faltering and things like that. And I'll stay at the end with just sort of like a happy song at the end, like, OK, it's going to be OK in the end. So um, that's sort of where the idea of breakdown came from. And. Really, yeah, like I was saying, it was just really a matter of anxiety. And I think that's something that doesn't really get touched on uh, often enough. I mean, you do see that nowadays. Um, we are having more of a discussion of what mental health is and how we can help those afflicted by it. But I don't think you have too many artists who go around and openly talk about something that's affecting them this personally. Do you think that kind of creates a more more of a connection to your fans through your music like that? 
Well, I hope so. <laughs> um, but one thing that I really um, that really um, cripples me a lot personally is I do have a very serious case of social anxiety. Um, I'm usually kind of the wallflower at the party. I try not to be, but um, sometimes it's a little hard for me. And that's where a majority of these songs came from. Even if none of these songs had you know I, a personal experience in mind, what I did was I took a feeling and then I kind of developed it off that feeling of what I felt. And really, anxiety really kind of um, over-exaggerates the feeling that you have. So with other people, I know I don't have it as bad as other people. And um, for me to be able to connect with other people is just so crucial. And it really means a lot that if I get at least one person who says, hey, I really relate to this, you know, that's the goal. I'm not looking to get the entire world to listen and to relate, but just that one person who's able to say, hey, your music really kind of has helping me out in this dark moment right now. And I think that's that's something that's that's uh, to be commended. Um as a friend of mine recently said, you know, there's a lot of commercialized music out there, and then there's also a lot of just music for the people. So I think for you to make music that appeals to you, that sounds good to you, and then also um, that that kind of connects with the feeling that you have, I think it's definitely something to applaud. And that, that can be the same thing for someone else. So you know what, I, I understand this music, and it connects with me on a level that just more mainstream music can't. So, and speaking of different sounds in the album and everything, um, I noticed that there's a you know soft acoustic guitar backing you up in a song like Take Me Home, and there's also more like hard rock riffs on something like Breakdown. What was your biggest influences behind the sound of the album? Well, I've had I've listened to a lot of artists um, dating all the way back since I was first started to know what music was. Um, I really listened during the process of writing this album. I listened to uh, mainly Philip Phillips, um, Mumford and Sons, uh, the Christian rock band Red. Um, Breaking Benjamin and just a lot of other um, sort of punk rock and um, kind of soft rock influences as well and they really developed those like soft acoustic ballads um, there's one song that comes to mind um, I can't remember the name oh my gosh but it's a song by <laughs> I Day to Remember um, the name doesn't matter but it's a very soft song it's off one of their albums and that's sort of where my inspiration for Nothing to You came from and really it's just sort of Listening to all different types of genres and styles and kind of throwing them together is what my um, sort of my inspirations come from for, for those songs. So, so you talked about soft rock influences and like indie folk. Um, is there a genre of music that you would like to work on that you haven't gotten to yet? <laughs> um, I'm actually trying to work on a little bit of hip hop as we speak. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I, I can't rap. But um, and now they can post Malone. But look at what he's doing. There right? you go. So. But uh, definitely, um, I'm definitely working on trying to make some beats together, and I think that's where um, I'm hopefully going to um, start really making music together. I'm working with Adam. Um, he's helping me out with a lot of music theory, and it's really great to sit down with him and always learn. So learning about how to make these beats. Um, you know, beat making, I'm pretty good at. Rapping, probably not. So you may not <laughs> hear me on the mic, but you may hear me uh, on the soundboard. So. Yeah, I don't think anybody sounds good the first time they rap, though. Oh, it's something no. you got to practice and get better <laughs> at. I mean, before Kendrick Lamar and Eminem and, and Drake and all those other folks, you know, and Biggie and Jay-Z and, and Pac, they, I mean, they didn't have a clue about rapping at first. It's something you got to develop your craft at, I'm sure. Well, little I'm not Uzi speaking Vert. for all rappers, but I'm just, you know, that's my presumption, at least. Yeah, well, Little Uzi Vert definitely is also a big influence for myself. And if I make any kind of hip-hop, it's sort of going to be like that rap rock like he makes. Yeah. Where it's not really rapping, but it's just sort of like kind of mumble rap. I want to say, but like, yeah. even though some people have varying opinions on it, I think it works. I think it's pretty catchy. And I think it can have a lot of meaning if it works. No, I, I think Uzi, he's definitely one of the uh, 
one of the people I had, had to grow in me. Because, I mean, when I first heard Uzi, I was like, what is this trash? And then, you know, I started listening to more and more. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And then Love is, Love is Rage 2 came out. I was like, oh, this is a pretty good album. It's very consistent. So I like that. Um, speaking of Adam, um, how long did it take you to put your album together? And did you have anyone else besides Adam help you out with that album? Oh, I've had a lot of people over the past several years who's really helped me out. And um, I had, you know, one of my teachers actually in high school helped me um, produce Take Me Home. And he really kind of taught me the basics of how to sing and just kind of breath support and control and things like that. Um, definitely the people that have come in my life and the people that have left my life have been experiences for this album and kind of sort of inspirations for the lyrical content. Um, but with Adam, I remember I approached him with the idea back in October and we finally finished it in, in um, March because we're both college students. We're both busy. We both have our own schedules. So really we would record maybe a song or two every month just because of our schedules and things like that. But, um, you know, the album came together and it, it was a lot of fun. We recorded at least, um, we finished about a song a day. That, that sounds about right. So that's about how long it took to come together. So what's the biggest surprise for you as far as your album, the response from your album? Well, I think the biggest surprise for me so far is I have one listener in Sweden right now. Sweden? Going international. I know. I I looked on um, Spotify for artists where you can sort of track who's listening and things like that. And um, I have both Australia and Sweden and Canada. So, you know, I'm like Pitbull. I'm Mr. Worldwide. (laughs) Hey, go for it, man. I mean, if you can get that international audience going... I mean, they're going to be the they're going to be half the half the battle, right? It's winning the audience here, winning them across the board, winning them outside of America too. You seem to be doing that, so it's good on you, man. Um, also, what was the most memorable experience of recording Breakdown? Also, what was the most challenging aspect of it as well? Um, the most memorable experience I remember when I recorded Breakdown. Um, so you know the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, I was wearing a Donatello onesie. No, I'm not familiar with the Teenage Ninja Turtles. I don't think anyone is that. <laughs> Well, um, that was that was definitely a memorable moment for myself because Adam looked at me and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, just let's record the song, please. <laughs> um, but that was that was a funny moment for myself. Uh, the biggest um, and you were talking about like the biggest challenge, right? Yeah, um, definitely. The biggest challenge was studio time and like finally meeting him and being able to like kind of put it all together was just so huge for myself. And, um, you know, him being so gracious and allowing it because I had all the tools I needed. I know the sound I wanted. I know the instruments and the lyrics and everything like that. But I didn't have studio time until I sat down with him and really put it all together. So definitely solving that biggest challenge was the biggest like kind of obstacle in my way to releasing this album. Just to verify by him, you mean Adam, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Um, did your friends have any kind of collaboration with you? Like, I'm, I'm sure you have friends when they hear yeah. that you're making an album. They're like, oh, I have this idea for you. I have that idea for you. You should do this, that, and the other. How how overwhelming was that for you? Or was it underwhelming? Or was it like, oh, no, they kind of let me have my space? Um, This was mainly a solo project, but um, I went to my friend. Uh, his name is James Daniels. Um, he's a... Uh, a keyboardist at um, his church back in his hometown, but um, he's he's been one of my best friends since I met him in college so far. Um, I came to him for Scattered Soul, actually. It was originally supposed to be more of an upbeat, poppy track, mm-hmm. but um, I was thinking about, and I was just like looking at the lyrical contact, I was just like, this can probably tug at the heartstrings more if it was more of a softer ballad. Yeah. I personally, right now, can't play piano as well as I want to. I can like sort of do notes and things like that, but I can't really sit down and like make like a Beethoven masterpiece or whatever you call it. So I went to James and I showed him the chord pattern and, and sort of told him how I want the song to go. And he really helped me and put it together and things like that. And um, 
it was really just a awesome experience to finally collaborate with somebody on one of my songs and that's pretty much it <laughs> are your parents as supportive of your as your collaborators on your music oh absolutely but um even though they're my parents i consider myself to be my hardest critic just because mm. i want it to sound perfect and and, and as mainstream, not not as mainstream, but I just wanted to sound as really as good as possible. And parents are always going to be there to support me no matter what. And I'm really appreciative for it. But it's always good to hear feedback from people who are not in my family. Because sometimes, <laughs> as you know very well, family members can sometimes slip into the, oh, we're proud of you no matter what, sweetie. And gives you a little bit of pinch on the cheek. But. Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely understand that. You know, you have to be your own worst critic. critic. That's how you get better. If you're never happy, then, you know, that means that. You're always working to improve your sound, look for new avenues, look for new ways to make yourself better and make everything around you better, too. So I can definitely respect that. Um, what do you think that the audience will take away from your album? Or what do you hope they take away? I think that the one thing I want them to take away is just a sense of they're not alone. Um, this album is really surrounded by a lot of heartbreak and a lot of anxiety. And I don't feel like enough songs really touch on specifics. They, a lot of songs today about heartbreak, they touch sort of on blanket issues like, oh yeah, um, this person broke my heart like this. But th there's a few songs in this album that get super specific about how, you know, about heartbreak and anxiety and things like that. So the one thing that really, two things really, it's okay to have a breakdown. It's okay to not be okay. And it's really important for them as well to realize that it's going to have to be therapeutic. You know, it's a process and it's it's going to be okay in the end as long as you just breathe, like the song. Yeah. <laughs> but um, definitely just, um, it's just okay to have a breakdown. It's okay to have anxiety because they're not alone. No one is alone. And um, yeah, just it, it's okay to have anxiety, I guess. Do you think this album still would have been made if you were at NC State or, or anywhere else? Or I definitely, I, I'm a firm believer in God and I, I'm a firm believer in his plan. Um, that's why I like Drake's song so much. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't think I would have met the people that I met and done the things I did without um, God, you know, putting me here back uh, last January when I first got accepted here. So I'm extremely grateful that I have, I've decided to come to state. Absolutely. And the very last question I have for you before we sign off is, what can people expect from you in the, in the future? Are you doing any shows to promote your latest project? Where can these people find you, and how can they get in touch with Zach Zawai? So they can go on my SoundCloud right now, soundcloud.com slash ZMP. That's a long story. Basically, I used to make really cringy YouTube videos back in eighth grade, and that was uh, my uh, moniker on YouTube, but um, that's my SoundCloud right now. So that's soundcloud.com slash the official CMP, or you can just search Zach Salaye on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, pretty much anywhere you listen to music. And my name, it's kind of a weird spelling. It's Z-A-K-S-E-L-W-A-E-H. And you can go on there and you can find all my songs. But um, right now I'm still working on a few live shows. I'm working on getting into a few open mic nights, but um, I have nothing planned right now just because uh, opportunities have died down a little bit in the area. but. Um, definitely in the future, I'm starting to work on uh, my second album right now. Um, I don't know when that's going to be released. I don't know when that's going to be done, but some point it will be. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. So I mean, what, what what places do you regularly do open nights at? What places are you thinking of so they know, hey, if I go to this particular place, I can uh, maybe see Zach there? Um, definitely in the future, once I'm old enough, I'm probably going to start performing in bars or uh, just things like that, start busking and things like that. Um Really, right now, I don't have much of a uh, layout for performing live as much as I want to be, but I will be, you know, getting out there pretty soon and 
doing a lot of different things. So um, definitely, if uh, if something comes up, I'll keep you posted, and you can probably just shout me out in the next time. Um, but we'll see what happens from there. All right. Thank you so much for being here, Zach. Really appreciate your insight on the whole process to create an album. I think it's really great to talk to somebody, especially a student here, who's just come out with their own uh, type of music. And, and, you know, it's not often you get to talk to somebody who says, you know, I released an album on Spotify and iTunes and everything else. So, again, thank you for being here. I uh, really appreciate you. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk to you about your second album when that comes out. <laughs> All right. So this is Andre Corbett with WKNC's Eye on the Triangle. And we'll see you guys next time. Okay, this is Jeremy Vivi with EOT, and today I got a special guest with me, King Gino. How you doing, bro? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What's up, everybody? How you doing? It's your, uh, it's your boy, King Gino. Yeah, so uh, let's get started. Uh, so what you do? What do you do, bro? Ah, uh, well, you know, I like to rap, man. I like to spit bars, you know what I mean? I like, I like real hip-hop, so I try to, you know, I rap. I try to bring lyricism. You know what I mean? Express myself through music, you know? I feel that. What, what got you into rap? Like, how'd you get started? Like, who inspired you? Or wow. what inspired you? Well, how, how'd I get interested in rap? Well, I mean, to be honest, since, like, birth, I always I grew up around hip-hop. My mm-hmm. dad used to be a rapper, you know, back in the day up in Boston. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, That's shout cool. out to the OG. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, I mean, I always grew up with Wait, hip-hop. Wait, so, like, did your dad collaborate with, like, anybody, like, big? Uh, not, not, not nobody too big. Uh, one time he went on stage with, uh, Wu-Tang called him on stage to spit some bars when they had a show up in Boston, but he was, he was like a local rapper up in Boston, you know, people up there know him, know him a little. That's cool. So you're from Boston, right? Yeah, originally. But, um, when I was young, uh, like three years old, I moved down to Charlotte, so. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I try to rep both, you know. I mean, I love the Queen City and I love the Bean Town too. So, oh yeah, seven oh four. Shout out seven oh four. Shout out six one seven. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Um, do you think that like, or how about you just give me some of your musical influence? Like, is your dad one of your influences, or like who influenced you? Oh yeah, um, definitely say my dad. You know, he he was he was like you know like your '90s rapper. You know, real heavy on lyricism. He listened to a lot of Tupac. You know mm. what I mean. So, you know, that influence rubbed off on me. And, um, you know, newer rappers in my generation that I grew up listening to, you know, like, you know, like Kendrick. Yep. Obviously, you know, one of the, one of the one of the greats in the game right now. I used to listen to a lot of Drake, but, um, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of different influences, you know. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I love I love, you know, I could love, you know, old from hip hop from late 80s, you know, all the way up till now. You know, I got a lot of guys. Yeah, no, I'm kind of I'm kind of like that, too. Like, I definitely grew up on old school, but, like, I have an open mind, so, like, I can kind of accept the new stuff. Mm-hmm. But I can definitely tell by listening to your um, new song that you, you're you you're about your bars. And, um, I mean, how much, how 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 hard is it um, is it to balance, like, everything you do? Like, being a student, being an artist, like, how, how, how do you make time for everything? Well, it's, I don't even know. It's <laughs> that. I try to, I try to, you know, I'm being, uh, I'm a full-time student. I'm over here uh, at NC State studying uh, microbiology. Wow. Yeah, but um, at the same time, trying to push, you know, you know what I'm passionate about, which is the music. So, you know, when you like something, you'll make time for it. Exactly. You know, and so just, just staying focused, keeping the ball rolling, and uh, just not trying to lose that momentum that I have, that I gained, you know, by, you know, putting in the work every day and just, just keep grinding, you know. Whenever you don't feel like it, you just gotta remind yourself why you're doing it, you no, know. Yeah, I, I follow this man on Snapchat, and he's always doing something. 
whether it be like in the studio, school, hooping, working. <laughs> yeah. But um, staying active, staying focused. Nah, yeah, that's dope. Oh, what, what would you do with microbiology? If, like, you were go that that route, like, um, or like, why'd you get into that? That's interesting, right there. Yeah, microbiology. See, I find it. There's a couple reasons. There's a couple reasons. First, I think it's cool how there's you know, there's like a whole world we can't even see without a microscope that's going on. Yeah, and then, you know, it affects our life and we can't even see it. And you know, that's just what fascinated me. And um, another thing is like. I always wanted to help people or inspire people in some way. So I wanted to do something in the medical field. You know, I feel yeah, like I feel like if you know, if I'm not inspiring people with my music, I can, you know, help people, you know, get better, get healthier. That's dope. You know, with you know, something in the medical field. So That's dope, that's dope. Now, yeah. That that sound that sounds like a lot of hard classes right there. So man, that's like even more respect to you right there. Appreciate that. Appreciate more respect. That. So let's like get back to the music. So like how many songs have you put out? How many albums have you put out? Well, my first my first project I put out of uh, March 2017, it's called Laundry Room Weed. It was a mixtape, 12 songs, three skits. Um, you know, that was fun. And when I did that, I was like, oh, snap, I'm, I got something here. I got something here. So I, I just kept, you know, just kept working. So right now I got, you know, four songs out on all major platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, you know, YouTube, everything. And um I got two music videos out now on YouTube. Dope. Go check them out. Uh, King Gino YouTube. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah. So and then I'm working on uh, just a lot of other stuff right now at the moment. Working on a little project. So. Dope. Wait, wait. Uh, didn't you? Weren't you just? Uh, didn't you just have like a concert or a show or something like that? Yeah. So last How'd week I had go? a I had a uh, show in Charlotte, man. Seven oh four stand up. You know what I mean? I had a show in Charlotte. It was cool. At the uh, at the Crown Station pub over there in like yeah. North Davidson, it was, it was it was lit. It was, it was fun. Lit. People yeah. came uh, came out to support. You know what I mean? I had like my whole squad with matching shirts, so you know. No, yeah, so yeah. You know what I mean? The fam the fam came through. Y'all know who y'all are. Yeah. <laughs> That's dope, bro. But, yeah, it ended up going pretty well. So first first show of uh, first show of many. Hopefully, I try to get a lot more things going in the summertime. Yeah, how was it? How was your uh, first show? It was cool. It was like how like how, were you nervous? Like how like I bet you was nervous. See, was I was natural? okay at first when I first got the show. I was like nervous. I was like, oh snap! You know, this is my first time. You know, I mean, I did shows in school and whatnot in high school, but this was you know this is the next level. This is me, you know, with my professional music and whatnot. But nah, I wasn't nervous for it. It was like. It was like, I felt that it was like a gift, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if somebody gives you a gift, you're not nervous, you got the gift, you're excited, you exactly. know what I mean? You're ready for it, so. That's real, that's real. So that's, yeah, that's how I felt about it, and it ended up going really well, even better than I expected, so. That's it was, dope. Yeah. So uh, we wanted to talk about his new song, Final Boss. Uh, you want to explain, yeah. like, like, well, what was the message behind this song, like, like when you were making it, like, what were you thinking? Like, so Final Boss. Like, that beat had, like, some old 64 vibe to it. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? That, I like that beat, yeah. Yeah, so it was like, it was like some, you know, I was like, ooh, this sound like you about to about to play the final boss in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, that that's that that was in my mind. And then I had that first line, you know what I mean? How so big that thing looked like a castle. I'm the final boss, you know what I mean? And I went with that flow, and I was like, ooh, that's, that's pretty dope. But uh, pretty much, you know, just having confidence in yourself, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just 
feeling like you're the final boss. Like, you know, people got to th- go through a bunch of other things to reach you. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. That's real. That's real. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, in all my songs, I try to, I try to like, push, you know, confidence and, you know, like, believing in yourself, you know? And, you know, just, just to inspire other people because, you know, you got to have confidence to do do a lot of things in this world. It's true. Yeah. I mean, like, you... you Definitely an uh, inspirational dude, balancing everything you balancing. Like, I mean, people think they can't just do music. Like, you do music and, like, you balance a school. Yeah. And, like, some people can't just do school. So, like, that, hey, shout yeah. out to you, bro. Appreciate that. That's yeah. dope. That's it's, dope. It's definitely a balance. That's, you know what I mean? And I tell everybody, it's time management. You know, how you use your time matters. Yeah. So, I just try to, I just try to grind with mine. So, know? like, I mean... I mean, that's basically, I was going to say, what advice would you give to people who are trying to, like, do what you're doing, like, school, music? And, yeah. Like, like what, would you, what, what, what like, what's the main advice you would give? Uh, the main advice, I would say, is just keep it up. You know what I mean? Take take the small steps every day to get where you're trying to go, you know, because you're not going to get there immediately. You're not going to wake up and, you know, you're going to be a star or, you know, you're not going to wake up and that test is not going to be studied for, you know what I mean? You got to put in the time Facts. proceeding, you know what I mean? So you got to, you know, stay ready so you never have to get ready. You know what I mean? Every day you're doing little things. That, so when the time comes, you know, you've been prepared, you know. That's real. Yeah, that's real. I try to keep it as real as I can, you know. Feel that. It's not, it's, it's, it's not enough time to be fake. <laughs> it's not. Bet, bet. All right, we're going to play We're gonna play his new song, Final Boss. Uh, you want to give it your Instagram, Snapchat, all that? Oh, yeah. You guys can... um. If you like what you're hearing, go follow me on IG at King Gino, K-I-N-G-G-I-N-O. I'm on Twitter, underscore, K-I-N-G-G-I-N-O. I'm on Snapchat, you know what I mean? King, K-I-N-G, underscore, G-I-N-O, three. Follow me on Snapchat. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. That's where I post stuff the most. And, um, yeah, you could go on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, K-I-N-G space G-I-N-O <laughs> King Gino You know Go there King Gino I mean, Do yourself should, a favor Hopefully y'all know How to spell King Yeah, and G- yeah Hopefully y'all I mean I mean yeah. Alright I'm right. not gonna judge I'm not gonna judge You know what I mean yeah. But uh That's that's about it That wraps it up Uh This is Jeremy for EOT And uh We got King Gino King Gino Thank you for listening and, Thank um, you for this interview This song we about to play Is called Final Boss Go cop it Came up from the bottom, only spot that slept is to the top. When on the job, I merely rock them.